0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor, and I'm so happy and excited to have you on today. Um, in this week's episode, I interviewed Rachel Heinenman, who is a licensed mental health counselor, and we met in. Um, we actually have a private WhatsApp chat for other intuitive eating professionals, so not just dietitians, lots of dietitians, but also therapists, speech therapists, OTs, anyone who is using this approach in their practice. So that's amazing. I've connected to so many people there. And um, I've already interviewed a few people from the group, and I've already interviewed a few therapists on the topic of eating disorders, a few dietitians on the topic of eating disorders. So we wanted to pick a topic that we are both passionate about and we see come up in our offices. So we decided to pick the topic of um, the connection between using food to cope with your emotions and using spending something to do with your money. So is do, is there a correlation between your relationship to food and your relationship to spending or relationship to money? And um, like you'll hear Rachel say in the podcast, is there sort of like a whack-a-mole situation that goes on when we have an issue? Like when we figure out why we're using food to cope. Okay, so that becomes that becomes worked out. But then we find another vice. And are we sort of transferring onto other things? And how do we break that cycle? So it's a really interesting topic. It's a topic I am I happen to be very passionate about because I've always had trouble actually spending. I've always been very restrictive with my spending. And as you guys have known, I've probably said this a million times on the podcast, that I've seen that intuitive eating has spilled over into many other areas of my life where I've been able to apply the principles of intuitive eating to many other areas of my life. And I, I like to say it's like there's some level of intuitive living. So um, it's not a perfect science, obviously. And and please don't take this as individualized advice. I think every single person and case is different. But there have been principles like the principle of making peace with food, which you're it's kind of like exposure therapy. You're allowing yourself to have unconditional permission to eat. And I think, just as a side note, I think people take that principle and they think that intuitive eating is like that's the whole concept of intuitive eating. But making peace with food is something that is definitely scary and you definitely have to be ready for. So that's not, that's one out of the 10 principles. But I remember thinking, can I apply this to my spending? And it didn't mean like swipe my credit card whenever I, I wanted to, but it just meant like when things came up and instead of engaging in that constant, should I spend, should I not, do I need it, do I not, it was it was being more decisive. And just even if I felt uncomfortable, that wasn't a reason for me not to spend. So that really did help break the cycle. It's still a work in progress and nobody's perfect. And we're all aiming for balance and my struggle with restricting somebody might have problem with overspending just like somebody somebody might struggle with restricting food somebody might struggle with binging and some people struggle with everything (laughs) so um I thought this was a really interesting conversation to have and I really appreciate Rachel coming on the podcast and if you like more podcasts like this please subscribe to the podcast as well as the YouTube channel the more subscriptions the more comments the more shares the more it will move up in the rings on Apple Podcasts, and more people can find this podcast, and I really think that this information is really, really important, and people could benefit from it, so please share it with people who may benefit from it, like, comment, subscribe, and um, just so everybody knows, I am recruiting right now for an upcoming intuitive eating online course slash support group, it's starting on February 9th. Um, the flyers on my Instagram at rd, And um, we are going to be meeting every other week over the course of eight weeks. So it's four live classes over the course of eight weeks. We are going to have a private WhatsApp chat as well as accountability buddies being set up and being um, in communication throughout the weeks. And I'm really, really looking forward. You could visit my website, www.gilaglassberg.com, to see some other testimonials about this course that I've given in the past. And this course is going to be recorded. You'll have access to the recordings. And then in a few months, the recordings will be taken and sold on a different platform, such as Teachable, so that other people could take it as a self-paced course. So just to keep in mind, to be comfortable with that. And because of that, I am offering at a discounted rate. So the fee for the course is $275, and some people have taken my courses. Insurance has covered it. So the insurances that I take are Aetna, Cigna, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Emblem Health, and United Healthcare, only the Empire Plan. So if you are looking to make peace with food, learn the principles of intuitive eating, learn how to practice really, really, really strong, what I'll call radical self-care, then this is the course for you. If you've hit diet rock bottom and you are ready to never say the word diet again, but you really want to make peace with yourself and your body and your food, I think you're going to love this course. There's such a strong sense of community. We're all there to support each other, like-minded women. There's nothing better than that. So I look forward to having you. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. All right. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I have Rachel Heinemann. Hi, Rachel. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm good. It's so good to be here.
0: It's so good to have you on. This has been like two years in coming, something like that. Something like that. I'm glad we just
1: make it happen. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. What do you do? Where do you live?
1: Sure. So I am a licensed mental health counselor. So I practice as a psychotherapist. Um, I'm based in Brooklyn and New York City. I specialize in working with people struggling with eating disorders, disordered eating, depression, anxiety, and relationship stuff. So I would say uh, a large part of my expertise is working with people who are struggling with anything related to food and exercise and body image.
0: Amazing. Did, did you know that you always wanted to do that?
1: Um, I mean, I guess, I guess, yes. Um, I always knew I wanted to kind of Focus on helping women, empowering women. I didn't know exactly what it would look like. I was totally not that kind of person who was like, I was going to be a therapist. And I, I graduated college without having any idea what I was going to do. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So I, I definitely knew that I wanted to work with with women, empowering women, and you know, just like a, a little bit of background. So this eating stuff is like so prevalent in our community in the world. Um, at a certain point. It was kind of getting like boring like the only thing people would talk about is their weight and yeah i was like i'm Mm -hmm. kind of sick of this i've done every diet with you and i'm really over it we're we're in college already um and then once i went to grad school i started understanding that you know eating disorders but really just relationship with food and exercise is so much deeper than it actually looks like on the surface so you know, for example, if we're talking about restriction, that there's a there's some sort of function that it plays. Mm-hmm. So taking all the frustration that I felt in terms of the thin ideal and diet culture, and channeling it with the knowledge that I learned in uh, grad school and post grad training, to really empower women to kind of, you know, face their their demons in a way, not kind of hide behind any sort of eating stuff or exercise stuff, or really any, any other symptoms.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I think that that's, you know, like for, for many of us that have been like in diet culture for so long, at a certain point, we're just like, this can't be it. Like, this just can't be it. So like when we're like faced with the opportunity to like teach other women, it's just like, how could we not, you know?
1: Yeah, and I don't know about you, but at a certain point, if I was getting together with my friends, I didn't want to talk about the newest diet. It was so dumb already. Mm-hmm.
0: Like can
1: we yeah. talk about anything else?
0: Right. It's true. I mean, it happens to me like I'm a dietitian. So like, it's kind of like, I kind of like hide almost like when people are like, Oh, you're a dietitian, right? I'm like, Oh no. Oh no.
1: What do you think about <laughs> this? Oh, oh, tell me about this diet. Yeah. This yeah.
0: diet. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny. Like I never thought I would like care. Like I never thought I would ever want to not talk about it or like, even intuitive eating, but like that, I think anyways, that's a totally different topic, but that really does come into like, um, you know, about boundaries and like understanding our limits. Like, I like, of course you want to talk about the things that you're passionate about and that you love, but like, it does get it. Like it's, it's hard. Like people ask you questions and they want to talk about it. And you're like, I don't, you know, I heard um, Lori Gottlieb, you know, she's an author. She wrote, maybe you should talk to someone. And yes. she said that when she when she's on a plane, like when people are like, "Oh, what do you do?" And she's like, "Well, I'm a therapist." They say like, "Oh, are you going to like analyze me?" And she's like, "Well, if I was a gynecologist, would I like do <laughs> what I do a test on you right now?" Like, and it's like it's really true. Like, I could understand so why somebody would think that about a therapist, but like, people aren't just going to like start working in the middle of like you know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. My answer is usually I'm off the clock. I'm not getting paid for this. So if you're paying me, then
0: absolutely, I'll. Yeah. In. Yeah, I saw another, like, business consultant on Instagram, like, saying, like, yeah, you could pick my brain if you pay me, like, $150 to do so, like, I mean, I get it, like, if you're not, like, in that, like, um, service-based industry, it's hard to understand that, but, like, I'm just saying it so that people could understand that, because it's, like, interesting that, like, people don't realize that.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, most people are just trying to make conversation and connect, so I get that.
0: Yeah, totally. So I could ask you like a million questions, but I know that we came up with a topic which is which is new for me on this podcast because I always tell my guests like I could send you questions, but we could just talk because I just like to talk and hear your story. But we came up with a really cool topic, which I haven't really covered on my podcast, which is um, understanding the, the the similarities and the differences between using, let's say, food to cope and money to cope or spending to cope or restricting food and restricting money. So could you talk to us a little bit about like what you think on that topic? Sure. So, I mean, the,
1: the reason why I thought it was so important to talk about was mainly in my work. I would notice that working with people who are either struggling with some sort of eating disorder or disordered eating. And we would, tackle the behaviors. They would be feeling fine. You'd be working through things and they would seem to be making progress. And then somehow something similar was happening with their relationship with money. Um, and I started to realize that if we don't actually get to what's underneath the behaviors, we start to play a -a whack-a-mole game. So, okay. So we, we kind of targeted this eating stuff, but it's coming out exactly the same in the money. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for example, or most, most, uh, most often what comes up is the restrict binge cycle or relationship to food and money. Mm-hmm. So in food, there's the restricting, which is just not having as much as your body needs or the type of food that you are craving, um, and the binging, and I'll just use that word loosely, but just kind of like eating emotionally a little too much when it's uncomfortable for your body. Um, uh, I wanna, like, I, I'm gonna use this word also loosely, a little reckless. Um, so if we kind of translate that into the money, there are some people or some circumstances that we kind of approach it as, I don't want to spend that kind of money. If you're, uh, maybe the, the Ebates rackettin kind of person, I need to save like the 1%.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, restrictor is the person who's the saver, the person who doesn't really want to spend the money, who, if they have to spend the money they'll spend the least amount of money if they need the thing, they'll try to convince themselves. They don't need the thing. Um, it's just this more restrictive mentality that they don't spend it, um, kind of holding on to their money. And then the opposite is true for the, the binger or the, the binge spender is when they just kind of go shopping and spend who knows what without really thinking about it. Um, again, with the, the word reckless. So a lot of times we see both sides of it with one person. And sometimes we just see one, but somebody who struggles with, let's say a restrictive mindset with their eating, even if they have trained themselves to eat more regularly and to honor their body, they might then kind of turn to money in that. um, I'll give you like a scenario. You walk into the grocery store and you see, I don't know, like your favorite ice cream or your favorite, who knows what. Um, but that product is $7 and like the generic brand is three and it's not as good, but you're like, mm, I guess I'll get it because it's like actually half the price. So it sounds like me. <laughs> I mean, I do like a disclaimer. I think that budgeting is really important. Finances are, um, something that's, you know, tight. Obviously we're not saying spend, spend, spend for someone who's a restrictor. But usually somebody who's that restrictor is, it it doesn't really have to do
0: with budgeting or financial capability. No, that's a really good point. And for the listeners, like I wasn't saying that, like I am doing that. I'm just, I was just saying that exactly what you were saying that you, that could be a normal behavior for some people.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, And then let's say the same with the binging. I'm not even talking about like confessions of a Shopaholic, where you spend thousands and thousands of dollars, which is definitely the case for some people. But, you know, sometimes you're like, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to go out with my friends. I'm not going to buy this thing or go on this vacation or whatever it is. They kind of really pinch their pennies. And then, and this is kind of the key, not in a deliberate way. They just kind of like are fed up and they're like, whatever, I'm just buying this. It's on sale and I'm just going to, I want it. And so I'm just going to get it. So kind of channeling, I guess, more of the reckless sort of binge side of it, um, that would be an example.
0: Okay. That's really interesting. So was this something that you were seeing like over and over and over again in your practice, or you just started, you know, weaving a theme throughout some clients?
1: So I would say not everyone, but a large portion of people and I normally, usually I wasn't seeing it because they just weren't talking about it Mm -hmm. now that I know to look out for it and I'll ask clients about it they'll be like actually yes and some of them are like you're so annoying why do we have to
0: to know like what I'm using to like cope with my life yeah seriously like you got rid of my food and now you're here to get rid of my money I know totally I totally get that exactly yeah so I guess okay what I want to I want the listeners to hear is that so this is like a personality type right this restrictive personality type or it could be it could be it could be many things we can't generalize we can't we can't generalize why people have this restrictive personality but um is there like a restrictive personality is it there's usually some trauma involved there's some uh, deprivation like how what are the common themes that you're seeing of this personality type
1: Yes, so I mean, some people who are uh, either trained as financial therapists or people in that world will definitely have a much better understanding of the different personality types. It's not just the restrictor, the the saver and the spender. There's the investor. There are other personality types, and a lot of times people can kind of fall in between. Um, I I hesitate to say it's a personality type because it's kind of like finite in a way that or definite that is this is who I am, Mm -hmm. I think that for certain people, they gravitate toward one way of coping. So the same way that one person might gravitate toward restriction in eating, and another person might gravitate toward more of an emotional eating or binging, the same is true. But I I would hesitate to say like, there's a a specific personality that Mm -hmm. goes um, with each one.
0: But do you see like, uh, are you seeing a common theme like people, you know, food insecurity, um kids people who are put on diets as kids or they didn't have they didn't have their basics as kids
1: Absolutely. I mean, the restrictive mentality definitely comes from the scarcity mentality. So there's right. uh, you know, there's what with the food there is not going to be enough food. With the money mm-hmm. there's not going to be enough money. Um and you know, when we use the word trauma, it could be a small t trauma. It's not actually something that would be diagnosable for lack of a better term, but the combination of experiences that somebody might have had in terms of money. So the way that their parents spent or didn't spend, Mm -hmm. the way that their community spent or didn't spend the messages that they received about money, about items and materialism and, and also what it's, how it's attached to your worth, right? right? Oh, you spend this, you're so frivolous or you're saving. Oh, we're going to kind of commend you on this or Mm -hmm you're not spending oh that means you're kind of like a loser we don't like you so there's so many different associations that people have have learned together with money or the lack thereof
0: yeah and i will i will say that like we even know this from like let's say holocaust survivors like people who were brought up in in homes with holocaust survivor parents or even grandparents there is that common mentality of no wasting no wasting food but no wasting anything money like just really holding on to things even you know, intergenerationally, which totally makes sense.
1: Absolutely. But. Yeah. And we're not like blaming anyone. Right. Of course not. Happening. It's just more of an understanding. How did this happen?
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to I think I know like what you're going to say, but I still want to I want to ask the question. So it's it actually makes perfect sense to me that if somebody is re- restricting and then binging with food just from like my line of work and what I see that um, You know what I try to do with my clients is to help them have other other healthier coping mechanisms, but that takes a long time to you know really cultivate and really um, you know integrate into your life. So I would totally see that that could happen like easily that a client is working on their relationship with food and then all of a sudden their their money is out of whack. So how do you um, if they don't bring it up? How do you work with them like that? Are you getting the, are you working on the whole picture of the restrictive behavior?
1: Absolutely. I think for some people that either hint to it. So they'll, for example, a client who's going out with her friends all the time, who's doing bottomless brunch. There's no way that they're spending And uh, bottomless brunches like this. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> it, it's uh you go to brunch on Sunday and it's basically you just drink for it's bottomless. You just drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. It's it, just, it's it's a buffet. Not necessarily, um, but it's they act as it's like an all you can drink. Mm. Um, it for for lack of a better way to describe it, it's tremendously expensive. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is doing that, um, or they're they're engaging in behaviors that I know are very expensive, or you know let's just use this example I'll ask about it uh like oh you kind of were struggling to find a job and what how did you afford your meal or if they're going to a really fancy a restaurant or something like that um so usually like subtle cues will I'll pick up on them mm-hmm. um, and sometimes if there are no cues I'll just ask like what's your relationship like with money
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, because uh, usually there's something there
0: it's really crazy what you're saying, because what I'm going to say, it sounds exactly like diet culture. But um, if like I read the Dave Ramsey um, money makeover book, did you read that?
1: Yes, well, I didn't read the book. I I have listened to his podcast
0: and oh yeah, he's great. I love the book. So, but I think I don't remember the statistic, but he said that like so much, so much of so many of Americans are in debt, and especially because we pay for college, you know, and we don't we don't try to go to like cheaper colleges. We take we buy more expensive cars, so like that. I learned a lot from that book. Not that I I was never a frivolous spender, and. like for me, I'm probably the restrictive. I am I'm on the restrictive spending side, so I don't know if I really need that book, but it did help us a lot. And um, it's it's such a it's such a like fine line between being you know fiscally responsible and being very restrictive. So like like with um with this person that you were saying that is eating at an expensive expensive restaurant, but you can't hold down a job. I think I know so many people that just like swipe their credit card.
1: Yeah, and I think also that let's just you say if we're using Dave Ramsey, a lot of his clientele I don't know for sure, but sounds like they have a lot of credit card debt, which is the idea that you're going to use your card to spend money you don't actually have,
0: which most people do. I have to say that.
1: Yeah, somebody who's in a restrictive mentality will probably be like, "Are are you serious? You're going to spend money that you don't have," and then it'll be like, what, 14% interest? Are
0: you- so, that's, so that's me. So that's me. Exactly. Which is like, I don't know. Obviously, there's like there's like a balance, but like that's where it's really hard to know. Are they being fiscally responsible or are they restricting? It's hard to know.
1: It is hard. And, I, you know, something maybe to help you understand it a little bit more on, on your turf, if somebody comes to you and says, how do I understand the fine line between you know what's healthy for me psychologically, emotionally, and physically, and what's restrictive. It's so subjective. To one yeah. person, yes. what sounds really restrictive is um, you know maybe not 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 that it's not as restrictive as we think, but there you know it's all just subjective. And so we have to tease out for this specific person with their finances what is actually fiscally responsible and what is restrictive and what is too reckless.
0: Right. So in that situation, there is some sort of like calculating and getting in touch with reality. Like what is the reality?
1: Absolutely. Which is where people who don't have any idea of where they stand, it's really important to start budgeting, to actually look at your finances, which I understand is a can of worms for some people because there's Mm -hmm. so much financial anxiety. Like I'm not even gonna look at my bank account. Let my husband deal with it. I don't want to.
0: Do you see that a lot?
1: Yeah, there are people who don't wanna have the conversation. It stresses them out. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can tell when you're looking at someone and you're saying, well, what's your finances like? Or or do you have a budget? And they start getting antsy and frantic. Like they can't even have the conversation.
0: Question I mean, is- I have I have to say, just personally, I have a ton of financial anxiety, and there's, you know, per- part of my personality, part of whatever. But like, I could totally relate to that. So I'm really, I I just I who's listening, I could really relate. Like, I understand the. I I even have to ask myself, like, am I being fiscally responsible, or am I not? You know, we're, like you said, we have to look at an individual person. Like, are you meeting your basic needs? Obviously, there's a problem there if you're not. Exactly. Yeah, my money. But thinking
1: right. about it, you know, from, for your area of expertise, if you think about, let's say uh, in terms of food, there's so much anxiety when we don't understand anything about our relationship. Right. If, we right. if we have no understanding of what intuitive eating is or right. what, what anything uh, related yeah. to disorder eating is. And once you learn that, then it becomes a lot more structured and you can understand, okay, this falls into the framework of something that potentially is a little bit more restrictive or unhealthy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I'd say, you know, the very first thing is to just gather information, like the Dave Ramsey book, if that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many different resources to learn how. And I would highly encourage people to meet with a financial uh, financial advisor just to kind of look at their own finances and see where they actually stand
0: i actually have a great financial advisor if anyone wants to reach out to me and um i i was when you i get like i'm like so activated when it comes to money honestly i'm just being honest so like when you said um that like people they say like i can't even look at my bank account like that is so like like i feel that like i like i physically feel that because um it's it's a it's a crazy thing like i think that you know if we if let's say we could parallel it with food. I'm thinking of like, you know, I'm not even thinking about clients. I'm thinking about people saying like, I'm just going to eat this slice of pizza. And like, I'm not even going to like, look at the calories. Like in it, I'm saying, I'm talking about like in really steeped in diet culture, but let's say yeah. there that could come up all the time. Right. Where you're just like, something's making you feel really, really anxious. You could do that. Like you could educate yourself. You could um, assess, but because you have this anxiety around it, you just shy away from it and so what I what I see that all the time is that like we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable like Absolutely. if you have financial anxiety or you have anxiety around your body and it's, it's so hard like it's so hard to talk about it's so hard to bring it up but like you won't be able to move past it unless you do bring it up and feel uncomfortable and get skills to deal with that discomfort right
1: Exactly. I will say, talking on the other side, there's a certain amount of financial anxiety and certain uh, personality that would overconsume. So they would listen to tons of podcasts and read every book out there. Yeah, yeah. And that's easing their financial anxiety. And at a certain point, you have to stop listening and stop reading and just jump into it and do it. And that sometimes is the scariest part.
0: Yeah, and sometimes that's the part where you're just like, how How would you even know that you've gone there? Because you're so knee deep in it right exactly yeah so that's kind of where the therapist would come in and be like okay like I know that you wanted to be like responsible and do your research but like now it's taking over your life so time to just start like the same thing with, let's say the same thing with food like how is it affecting your life like how is this um decision to start implementing joyful movement, let's say, or start implementing gentle nutrition, but now you're consumed with reading about the latest nutrition, so have you gone overboard, right? There's always assessing yeah. how it's affecting your daily living.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think that usually the marker for when something is something that we need to work on is when it interferes with your quality of life.
0: Right, right. It's really, this so interesting, so interesting. Um, So I don't want to keep you too late, but is there anything else that you see, like anything else you want to leave the listeners with or any other like like helpful tip that you could give to somebody who's really struggling with this restrictive?
1: Yeah, well, I will say just just another point before that, that we also have to look at the people who are coming at it from the other perspective. So people who are spending and spending and spending and don't necessarily have the money for, for the amount of spending that they're doing. And obviously, each person is different because everyone has their own financial situation. But if let's say someone has making X and they're spending X plus y, that's mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I you know I just do want to talk to that sort of person that it's it's coming, you know like the same as restriction and binging for food is coming from two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. It's manifesting itself differently, but it's it's definitely just as much of an issue. And we just have to understand how these behaviors and ways of interacting is functional in order to get past it.
0: So, what do you mean by that, if for if for people who wouldn't understand what that means?
1: Um. Well, I would say, let's just say there's somebody who who spends a lot of money on on other people, and they don't necessarily have it. So they go out right. to and they're like, "It's okay, I got it." Right. Um, It's all on me, but it's, they went out to eat and it's not cheap we're friends with them. Right. So Part of the question is, well, what are you hoping for when you spend the money on all your friends? And sometimes it could be, I just want to be accepted. I want to be loved. And it's very hard for this particular person to, you know, understand a world in which they can be accepted and loved without spending and so part of what's really scary is taking off those training wheels of what they're hiding behind the money and saying well these are your friends and let's see if they'll accept you and love you if you don't have that sort of taking care of them with your money Um, that's just one small example of what might potentially be underneath
0: right so the same thing with food like if if somebody's constantly like binging and we can start to, you know, like I do ha- sometimes have people track it, like, and we start to notice, like, you're always binging when your mom's around, or you're always binging when you have a test coming up, right? So we're going to have data points of what's triggering. And yes, it's functional. It's helping you procrastinate. It's helping you numb. It's helping you with a lot of other things. So what let- you're saying, make sense of the behavior first.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I would suggest something similar to what you just said. So if somebody really struggling with it, I love journaling, I think it's a really great way for our mind to just wander and kind of go wherever it needs to go to just write things down. So first of all, we can get a couple of, like you said, data points as to when does this happen? Was something going on before? Is something potentially gonna go on after? Um, who were the people that I was relating to in these situations? Um, what was I feeling? So all those data points are really important. Um, and I think the next part of it is is really understanding the associations that we have to a certain type of spender or item. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if I say I really want this bag, well, what will I be, or what sort of adjective can I ascribe to myself if I go around wearing this bag? Um, or if I, you know, don't spend this money in wherever it is, if I withhold and I, I hold myself back, how will I feel? Will I feel proud, smug, um, superior, empowered? What will I feel? And those are the things we're actually trying to get at. So if we understand that we're trying to do this in a way to um, feel empowered, well then how can we actually do that in a way that's healthier or more- That's
0: actually empowering, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I love that. And I I will say, sorry, what'd you say?
1: exactly the same process for food
0: right yes 100 percent. and that's I hope that people will really take this advice and use it with themselves um the another thing that that stuck out to me was that when you said like you know if you're making x and you're spending x plus y there's such a range of like what's considered healthy eating healthy spending you know because um some people will say like I know people like this that like they're their paycheck goes straight into the bank and like 10% is taken off for MICER and 10% is taken off for savings and 10% and that's beautiful. I don't think that that person has f- financial anxiety around that that gives them a sense of calm. And some people will, will not be doing that. They don't feel like they need to pay MISER because they asked their rub and they just can't, whatever. Or, and then there's other people who are going to be spending, let's say, I wouldn't even say frivolously, they, they could afford it. So mm-hmm. that month they're not going to save. Like that's... That's like to each their own.
1: Exactly. And that's no problem. And especially if it's not affecting your life in a negative right. I don't want to pathologize anything like
0: that. Right, right. Exactly. So just that there's like under this category of overspending, underspending, overeating, undereating, there's a huge umbrella range and individual person's life that we have to take into consideration. Absolutely. That's
1: very
0: true. Yeah. Um, okay, so thank you so much for joining us. Where could the listeners find you?
1: Yeah. So, um, I actually, my website is under construction, but I'm R Heinemann therapy. I think my website is just going to be my name in a couple months. It's coming up. So on my website on Instagram, so I'm at R Heinemann. Um, and that's where you can find me.
0: Okay, great. And I'll put all your info in the show notes and I'll, I'll lead everyone who reaches out directly to you.
1: Sounds great. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank so much for having me.
0: Sure. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.